I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Check out our special deal. Try Blue Chew for free and use the promo code TMS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com with the promo code TMS to receive your first month free. Coming up on TMS, what rhymes with Ibit? Wiener jokes were thrust upon you. I don't like naked late. Sir, I do like naked ladies. <laughs> that word isn't in there. I don't like naked Panda Express orgies. What's in a name with Booby Frankenbooger? Once you're vaccinated, you can be a mother hugger. Shovel orange chicken, promote ahead of peers. As tall as Jeff Goldblum. Back behind the beads on Disney+. Plus. Why is his noodle out? Orange jumpsuit chicken. How cool would a Galaga board be? Francis McDormand won a Golden Globe for pooping in a bucket. This vase really wants to defeat Flash Gordon. Taking a moment to pause with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Kiss me quick. Kiss me quick. Kiss me quick. Kiss me quick. I don't like women giving me orders. This is the morning stream. Hold on to your butts. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to TMS, the morning stream for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. So we got a 31121. 311 day. So oh. get out your amber. And, yeah. uh, uh, amber is the color of my energy. Hold on. Smoke a bong. Yeah. Oh, I love those guys. Those guys are great. And you know what else? They made some pretty decent recent music. No one oh, knows. Really? Yeah, no one knows about it. There's this album. No. <laughs> What's it called? Hold on. I'm going to tell you this album name. We're going to do a service here for everybody all right okay glad you brought 311 up uh oh and yesterday was mario day and i'm sorry we didn't celebrate everybody okay you have to forgive us yeah uh all right 311 here's their latest album or no is this the latest one hold on is it voyager oh crap they've done a lot of stuff really Uh, wow yeah i thought that this was a band that said hey man all right we're done in uh 2000 probably just 2000 is probably what i would have said that they were they're busy they're busy boys uh they got this new album uh well 2019 so newish uh 311's uh, it's called voyager uh this is where they get lost in space and have to try to come home uh so that's an interesting (laughs) bit i saw that Uh, album uh in the bargain bin with a little bit of its uh (laughs) uh, label worn off and i thought it was (laughs) v'ger oh nice nice 
listen, I Star Trek fans, you've gotten all, all you're going to get today. All right. Well done. Yeah. We can only make it worse by bringing Daryl on. Anyway, so the point is, <laughs> this album cover is cool because it reminds me of old, like, uh, Boston. You know that Boston cover yeah. art they used to do for Boston yeah. albums? But the music's great. It's got a really good couple songs in there. One's called uh, Crossfire. Another one, Don't You Worry. It's like totally like legit 311. If you if you like yeah. 311, it's good. This is the, the most yes-looking album cover, like Roger Dean yes-looking album cover ever. Oh, big time. Here, chat, you can see it. And this is a band that that uh, figured out that 311 logo really early on and just said, yeah, this is us. We're sticking with this logo. Like you, you find there's a few bands out there mm-hmm. that define a logo right at the beginning yep. and stick it, uh, stick with it their whole their whole career. Yep, they're one um, of them. They're one of them. Yep. There's like maybe one or two albums where they don't use it on the cover. But uh, I guess Metallica uses it as the same they get the same Metallica sticks with it. Uh, typo negative did that whole, like we're going to wrap our name around the corner, upper right corner. And then the album name will be in the bottom. Oh, right, right, right. What's the chat talking about? I don't want to know now. Claire, yeah. you drinking again this morning. Nose? Jeez Louisa. All right, moving on. Hey, they're all mixed up. They don't know what to do. All right, well done. Hey, uh, a couple quick things this morning. It's a it's a big day. It's a big day, and we got a lot of things to say. I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. Okay. Um, the uh, this got me in some trouble, and I was surprised because I thought this was uh, an okay take, but apparently it's a hot take. Okay, it's a hot take. Um, I rewatched because I couldn't sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. Two nights ago, sure. Uh, so what, this is a terrible thing to watch when you can't sleep because then I couldn't sleep more. But I watched uh, twenty eight weeks later, days later. Sorry, okay. no but weeks. Sorry, days. weeks, weeks, not weeks. days. Okay, I watched twenty eight weeks. The later. second one, the one with um, uh, dude who was Rumpelstiltskin on uh, Once Upon a Time, right? Yeah, uh, Robert yeah. Carlyle. That is correct. Robert Carlyle. Thank you. Yeah, yes. famous for also being in a lot of Danny Boyle uh, stuff. Yes. And ironically, this is a sequel to a film directed by Danny Boyle, but this sequel not directed by him, but, you know, similar thing. And it's set in the same exact plague of the rage virus. It's just set 28 days later. Uh, After things have sort of calmed down, they've quarantined uh, London and a chunk of England and all that. Anyway, if you've never seen it, you're missing out because I believe that 20... I really like 28 Days Later, okay? Mm -hmm. But... In the same way that I really like Alien, or the same way I really like A New Hope, mm-hmm. I might like Aliens or Empire Strikes Back a little better. Absolutely. Those so are, I'm not, yeah, those are good those examples. Those are both approved takes. And I say, right. man, it's been so long since I've seen either 28 Days or 28 Weeks Later, 28 yeah. Days Later, 28 Weeks Later. I'm just, you know, shortening it. Sure, why not? Um there are probably things that I'm thinking, oh, was that was that in the first movie or was that in the second movie? Was that like when he's up in the upper level of the church and he sees the two guys down there infected with the rage virus and then they see him and they start running up? Was that in the first movie or the second that's movie? That's the first movie. That's that yeah. church scene. And it's amazing, that scene. It is so good. But I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like I, I easily conflate the two. Was Killian Murphy the main dude in the first one? Yes, you get to see his wiener in it. In the beginning, okay, because he, he gets—he's in the hospital bed, remember? And he wakes up and he doesn't know what's going on, and he's laying there with his wiener out. Yeah, it's just funny that. Yeah. <laughs> It's—it's it's, why? Why does that even surprise me that that's the first thing you say? It's, why? It's almost the first why thing that? you see in the movie. It's like, hey, what's going on in this movie? Oh, his wiener <laughs> is out. 
So you, you can't avoid it. It's just right there. It's looking at you. Anyway, so that's the thing. That was 28 centimeters later. Is yeah, the first 20. <laughs> so, um, so this a second movie, in my opinion, is just a, is a better, I just like it better. I think it's a good ex- mm-hmm. escalation of things. They add a whole bunch of really interesting uh, actors to it. There's no continuation of any of the previous character story, which maybe is why people don't like it. I don't know. Or people may disagree with my take. But it's got a very young Imogen Poots. Uh, oh, really? I like Imogen Poots. It's like her second thing or something she ever did. This Jeez. is 07 we're talking about. It's got uh, Jeremy Renner as a sharpshooter American soldier who's part of the coalition to help uh, quarantine the city. Uh, Jeremy Renner, before anyone really knew who he was, this was yeah. him, and he was great in this. Also, I think it's great he's a sharpshooter, just like he is in Hawkeye. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of a, a nice little I'm going to get typecast yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> he's going to only be able to shoot things really good. Right, exactly. And then you Guess got what? Your... I shot things in Hurt Locker too. Great. <laughs> it's got Rose Byrne. You like her? She's great. Oh, I love Rose Byrne. Yeah. Uh, you got little, your... Little uh crush on Rose Byrne. Who, who's the really good-looking, handsome black dude that's English but plays American a lot? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, um, there you go. Idris yeah. Elba plays, yeah. the, the, he plays the American general. Uh, Have you ever seen Luther, by the way? Yeah, Luther's awesome. Loved it. Is it? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, we, we missed that on a trivia question uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, uh, none of us on the team had ever watched an episode of Luther, but I hear good things about it, and it's like, oh, maybe you should go and watch. You that. should watch Luther. It's a good binge. Kim and I loved it. Kim especially, she was really into it. And there's talk of like a movie or a new series or something. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, which would be great. He's awesome in it, but uh, just a really solid cast. I think this director nailed what those movies need to feel like. It's not afraid to get really visceral. Uh, one of the most harrowing intro scenes in the history of zombie movies. It's amazing. It's a great, What's great sequel. Th- Say what? What's it streaming on? Uh, Hulu. That's where I saw Disney it. Plus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus in the in the they have a beaded <laughs> thing you got to watch through a little uh, curtain <laughs> to see it. Hulu. Okay, cool. Yeah, Very it's cool. on Hulu. I I cannot recommend it enough. That's my favorite. I of do the need two. to watch. I need to watch both of them again. Do you know if both of them are on there or just? Oh, uh, I didn't check for the other one. It may be. I saw that also recently, ish, because I also, I, like I say, I love that first movie. It's very good. Yeah. I just think this is a this is the kind of escalation that does remind me of why we liked Aliens, why we liked Empire, why we like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we like our second in our trilogy, even though this movie never had a third one. But you know, uh, not streaming, but rentable and all that stuff. That's oh, a bummer. Okay. That um, a bummer. Be cool if they were both out. It would be, yeah. Uh, still, that's um, that's the fact that it's it's only a sequel, really, in overall storyline, where you 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 don't have to watch the first one to yeah. to be able to follow the second one. Wouldn't it be great if Twenty Eight Days Later was a sequel to Twenty Eight Days? I, I like think basically, so. Sandra Bullock goes into rehab, mm-hmm. infects people with the rage virus, <laughs> and then Twenty Eight Days Later, yep. Uh, Killian Murphy wakes up with his doodle out. Yeah, I'd be into it. I'd be into it. We don't want to know why his doodle's out or what she had to do with it, but it's out. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's. I always forget that there's that movie called Twenty Eight Days. Just Twenty Eight Days, right? Just playing Twenty Eight Days. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens later for her. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a it's a good time, and I'm just going to remain to hold on my to my take. And a lot of people agreed with me, but a whole bunch of people on Twitter just like up in arms, telling me how wrong I really? am. Really? Like, God, that's such a weird thing to get angry about. Like yeah. that's weird. That's an innocuous set of movies to be. Oh, you're crazy if you think that one's better than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how we get the internet. It's a 
It's a rough and tumble place. Hey, Brian oh, yeah, just put did, this. Uh, oh, Rainbow Bright just reminded me. Did you ever see Train to Busan? Yes, that was great. Oh, so good. And now there's a sequel to that. Yeah, and that one's not on a train, though, right? It's like a. Uh, it's all outside or something. Uh, subway to Busan. Oh God, a subway with the zombies would be pretty damn. <laughs> I, I think it's like in the city or something. It, I think it might be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one. Which but, is interesting because uh, the whole first thing, what made it so insane, was the train. Mm-hmm. Like the train is what made that. You, you're in this it's, moving it's like speed. Yeah. Right. Like where you, uh, you need that that confined area that that specific environment the bus everybody's on the bus hot shot pop quiz yeah and it's like all right let's expand that to a boat this really just could have been any movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure i watched that because you recommended it actually i think that was um yeah i think i think so i think it was Um, you here on the show and i said you know what i'm glad you 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 know you went with one of my korean recommendations yeah well look i grew up with koreans (laughs) i'm just sick of these koreans you know i just can't be you know what and and parasite is going to be one that will be great you know if your your brother comes over yeah it'll be a good one to watch with him (laughs) yeah i I cannot wait to sit down with my brother matt and watch parasite he's such a goofball i don't know if i can make it through it i just don't know He's just not that. My my brother Matt is not the type to sit down and go. Sit down and watch uh, a movie. Oh, really? The uh, cultural significance of this particular. He he won't do any of that. He'll sit down and go. All right. He'll go. Put my finger. I have to fart. (laughs) That's my brother. Gotcha. Okay. Well, maybe maybe um uh um. Oh my God! I can't remember. Not Misha. Your other sister's name. Misha, Tara, and Matt. Tara. Who's the Who's the one I met in Vegas? Uh, Misha. That was Misha. That is Misha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why, what was I thinking? It wasn't Misha. Yeah. She's the one yeah, that I said, when that. they said, how do you like your eggs? And she said, cooked. That was a, that was her. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? You were there. I, think. I totally remember that. Yeah. Yes. She was sitting two, uh, two feet away from me. She is a maybe, person. You know, she, maybe she'll tra- watch it with you. She's traveled all over the world. She's been everywhere. Indonesia, all of Asia. She's been to Europe. Mm-hmm. She's been to Canada. She's been to um, all everywhere. Mm-hmm. And when, and then in Vegas, when someone said, "How do you like your eggs?" and she says, "Cooked," and meant it, like didn't it wasn't it wasn't like she was trying to be funny, and and it was because she's never gotten the question hard boiled, fried, over easy, scrambled, poached. I couldn't believe it. Like I still am a little bit shocked. So I tease her about it every time I see her because that's what brothers do, <laughs> and I'm happy to do it. I don't mind. Anyway, Unfertilized. Hey, you. Brian sent me a Gizmodo leak that I now would really like us to talk about. This is amazing. Yes. Holy so crap. I thought of you as soon as I saw this because uh, it's got the so okay. So describing for uh, theater of the mind, folks listening via audio. Yeah. This is a wall hanging uh, for fans of video games, and it's basically the Pong game, but instead of it being a stand-up arcade, it is a relatively flat two-dimensional wall hanging. With a screen built in controls so you can actually play, and underneath it is a clear shadow box that actually has the motherboard of the yeah, game the, in the there. The main game board in it. That is so And cool. as soon as I saw the game board, I'm thinking, oh my god, you've got those in your uh in your garage. How cool would it be to Dude. make one of these for whatever hit and run or mappy or whatever it is you have in your What do I even have? Let me think for a second. I've got uh, I got the sit-down Pac-Man one. I could tear that apart, and then the other one I think is a Galaga, bo- uh, Galaga board. See now the, a Galaga board. Yeah. How cool would a Galaga board be? Yeah. That just uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's Talk such to a Steve cool about idea. making one of those. If I had loads of money, just tons of it, I just have yeah. like fifty of these made and just put classic games yeah. all across the wall. Yeah, it doesn't take up any room no. either, and you can just walk. You know, they're right up there along the wall, and you just kind of lean up. I guess it's. 
you know, you're playing like this as opposed to the the ergonomically correct hands yeah. down, but uh, still. What's crazy is now this is a, I would I wouldn't even mind doing a bit of a cheat because I'm pretty sure some of these boards I have are not functional. What they've mm-hmm. done here is that's an actual functional pong board. They've they've connected it with yeah. some modern stuff to make it convert. Sure. You wouldn't need that, right? You could stick a little. Uh, well, you totally um, emulate it. Wouldn't need this. A little Raspberry Pi in there, and then just fake yeah. the board. Yeah, and the board and the board would just the board is all about hey, look at it's that original visual, ancient freaking exactly. Board. Oh, yeah. Brian, not O'Brien, like Chief O'Brien. <laughs> O'Brien, O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> Teleport me down to the surface of the planet. Speaking and speaking of games, the next time we have Stephen Schleicher on, yeah. which would be Monday, yeah. we need to ask him about his one-up Marvel pinball game. Oh yeah, because I'm keeping my eye on his his experience with that because I've I've always wanted a pinball machine down here. Yeah, and um, but having something like that that's a lot smaller but still has like eight games on it. Yeah, it's video but if the physics are good and if it feels like like they've got little um uh haptic sensors is it haptic sensors haptic, right? it's like the ones that move little or, little yeah little flick 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 things in the yeah like your um, contro- like your new ps5 controller has those awesome haptics it's like that right yeah right yeah it has that in the uh um in the flipper buttons so yeah. that it feels like when that thing hits a bumper you feel it oh, oh that's really cool I'd say I'd prefer that because then you could have every table in the world reproduced. Right, yeah, you can mod those and actually put other tables on there. Oh, All right, Monday we ask. Mm-hmm. We ask the question. Yeah, Monday, Monday we ask, and then Monday afternoon I'll be broke because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have bought one. Well, you can just resin print it. Make your own, you know? It'll be fine. I could, yeah. yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, you want to see? Oh, yeah, let's see if progress. We're down, yep. If we're not far down a uh, rabbit hole, I have, a, I have the next thing I'm going to be resin printing if let's, you want to see you know, it. Let's take a look. I like I like these updates. Give you a link, link coming. Because at the end of the day, we're a bunch of we're a bunch of creatives here. You know, we got to share. This uh, was sent to me by a listener. Okay. The the link to this to say here's what you should print. Um, let's see. Oh, it was sent by dude. oh Brucey Cakes. Oh. Brucey Cakes sent this over and. Uh, it's a Mandalorian print, and this thing looks amazing, like a really cool sculpt. This thing actually prints without supports. Yeah. I, I, you know, I print it with supports on the uh, the resin printer, but right, um, it's a really cool looking pose. Um, it's beautiful. It looks like chrome or bronze or something. He he, yeah, he did a bronze paint job on there, um, which I would probably, to be honest, I would probably start with a. Uh, a silver bronze spray paint on it and then paint all of the other things. Yeah. Like basically I'd, I'd want to get that sheen from a spray paint as opposed to a, um, a brush paint job to get the really nice sheen on the metal Yeah, and then manually paint the other parts. It looks great. Yeah. I would want, you know what I want? I want a full size bronze statue of this in my yard. That's what I really want. (laughs) Just your front yard. Yeah. Build a little yeah. topiary garden around it, you know, and uh-huh. just have uh-huh. that be the center of it. <laughs> That's so cool. I see nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah, I mean. Dad, so anyway, I'll be, I'll be uh, probably three D print. I'll actually get that on the plate. After how long, the show how long does today. a project like that take? Like, if you from start to finish, really depends on how big I want to make it. I'm trying to decide if I, I think I want to. I'm going to shoot for making it as tall as, and I don't have him down here. Yeah. Well, let's say as tall as Jeff Goldblum. Here. Oh, all right. 
Huh. I'm going to make him very sparkly. It's going to be very sparkly. Um, we, I'll get it finished in three steps. Uh, step one, I'll get it on the uh, the 3D printer there. Step two, uh, print it, and there's no step three. <laughs> there's no step three. You are actually uh, going to have a resin, a resin tour. <laughs> so does he? Does he? Is he in that new Thor movie? Or he's died? Yes. Or oh, I don't know actually. Okay, I really hope. Yeah. he is. he was great. I bet he's not. I'll bet. Um, Didn't they leave him somewhere? What was the deal? At the they end? left him in the garbage dump. Oh, that's right. Okay, maybe he. Well, um, I mean, that's an opportunity to like. Now he'll lead the garbage people and uh, come back stronger <laughs> than ever. I don't On know. Planet Hulk. <clears throat> yeah, if we, uh, who knows? I mean, he's the the games master, right? Games games ma- uh, master. Game master. Games, games master. Shoot. James the James master. Eh, the James master. Stair master. No, James. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, we you know we could see him later on down the line. I could actually see him. Grandmaster, thank you, Red Fraggle, Crimey. Thank you very much. How did I forget that. I could see him in a future Guardians of the Galaxy movie because that really is kind of the lore of where where he fits. And maybe with Thor um, and the Guardians traveling together, maybe we do get him in the next movie. Yeah, I don't know. we may well. Well, I know one thing for sure. And that is that we need to talk some science. So I'm gonna gonna play this button. I think science is cool. So do I. Thankfully, Bobby Frankenberger, which is really just an undead reanimated burger, uh, (laughs) yeah. Has joined us all the way from a burger assembled from parts of other burgers. Yeah, they go find other burgers from dumpsters and stuff, and then you make a bit of a new burger. And then, how, how do you feel about this intro, Bobby? Yeah, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> I've I've heard it all. I've had this name Frankenberger my entire life, believe it or not, and yeah. um, I, I've heard every everything. Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> I feel like um, some of us have had like nothing. What rhymes with Ibit? Nothing. Nobody made fun of Ibit, right? There's no just nobody, Ibit, but you know, like, they could barely they could barely pronounce it, let alone come up with something that rhymes with it. Yeah, good point. See, I was always like Johnson and Johnson, or. Yeah, uh, or wiener jokes, or wiener jokes. Exactly. You no, know, everyone wonders why I have so I say so many wiener jokes. Well, let me tell you, I had a lifetime of being ridiculed. Yeah. yeah, but Frankenberger, I just don't even know. Wiener what jokes get. were thrust upon you. <laughs> they were, but it's not like your name was like Michael Hunt or uh, uh, some other horrible combination of words and sounds. But uh, yeah, I'm right. sure. I'm sure it was very underhair. I love it because it's so unique. There's never going to be another Bobby Frankenberger on this planet. Name one. You can't. Um, I, I can't. No. Yeah. And yeah, Booby Franken Booger was the worst it got, I think. <laughs> oh, you're going to regret ever giving us that one. <laughs> I, I lean into it. You know, when you, you've got to, you just got to accept who you are and what your name is. And I think it's funny. It's I fine. do too. It is. It's, <laughs> it's very funny. That caught me off guard. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Well, Bobby's here to talk some science. And today, in particular, uh, some changes were made in the CDC guidelines regarding yeah. COVID in its current, uh, sort of in our current state of where things are. And yeah. um, it surprised me a little uh, that it, it seemed... me too. It seems a little honestly. less cautious given that, you know, transmission can still happen from people who have been... Uh, or I guess we don't have full data on how transmission works with people who've got the right. vaccine. Plus, it, it, it that may differ between vaccines. And so there's that whole factor... Like there's all right. those things. I, I guess I was just surprised that they, quote unquote, loosened up so much. 
Yeah, and normally the CDC is quite cautious on their recommendations, right? Yeah. Normally they're erring way on the side of caution in order to... Because their job is to have broad blanketing recommendations that people can use to form their own guidelines that are going to keep people safe, right? Right. So it, normally they err on the side of caution. But it, just in case people haven't heard the news because it just came out uh, a day or two ago... Um, the CDC's new guidelines for COVID-19 have to do with people that are fully vaccinated since that's happening now. Yeah. And um, the, the, there's a lot of little details, but the real crux of the guidelines is that fully vaccinated people can now gather indoors together, unmasked, without mm-hmm. socially distancing, as long as everyone involved has been fully vaccinated. Great. Now we have a new set of star-bellied snitches that can yeah. only get together by themselves. <laughs> yep. Let's Another so, club that I'm not part of. But if there's yeah. like, you know, if you're used to going to some weird orgy on the weekends that haven't you haven't been able to for a year, now all of those friends, if they get vaccinated, you can all go back to your orgy time, right? Yeah, now you have criteria for who to let into the orgy. <laughs> right, right. This makes sense yeah. to me. Next so, key party at my place, everybody! Well, let me ask you this, because this actually came up in conversation. Um, mm-hmm. with Kim and I, cause we're getting our appointments are on the 19th, uh, for our okay. first shots. And so we're just starting to think about timing and all that. And we're going to, we're going to go by whatever the guidelines are in terms of get the shots, get the set, you know, right. still say, 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 stay, say, stay safe. But <laughs> <laughs> you go the three weeks, you get your second jab and then whatever the rules are about a little bit of time after that, I don't know what it is right now. It's like two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is to, uh, you know, to, to let things take hold or whatever. But then let's say Kim and I were like, all right, we're, we're, we've done our hearts best through this year. We're now going to go to Las Vegas, Nevada or whatever. Right. (laughs) Right. That's not what they mean. Cause that's just us flaunting it around and hanging out and being there (laughs) and not, that's not it. Right. Like that's not what they're saying. No, that's not. So that, that's, there are, there are, there are recommendations that are changing and some that are staying very much the same. Um, our very good Dr. Jerry in the chat was making um, a, the same point just now that this is more for helping. Uh, this is more guidance for helping like family and friends get back together <laughs> into some level of normalcy and just help transition people. It's not for large events and big public spaces all of those guidelines are mostly staying the same now specifically uh if you're going if even if you are vaccinated they're still recommending that you not that you remain uh, avoid medium to large sized public gatherings avoid um poorly ventilated spaces with with uh you know some number of people you know there, still avoid those things. And if you have to be there, still wear a mask and still socially distance. And that has a lot to do with um, what you were just talking about a minute ago, Scott, which is we don't have all the all the data yet about how transmission is happening with vaccinated people. So they do want to be cautious there. This is a lot about like you've been vaccinated. Your grandmother's been vaccinated now you guys can hug each other again. Right. Um, right. Stuff like that. Right, right, right. Now that makes sense. So they, they don't want us running around and, and whatever. But I could, I might be able to say, hey, um, we pretty much haven't been to a, a public restaurant, outdoor, indoor, for a year. So I think I might take Kim to this one place that's that we know is super careful about stuff anyway. We might be able to do that, right? 
Like maybe? Yeah, is that's the those recommendations are still the same. So okay. you still want to be cautious about that and you want to make sure you're not going to places going if you're going to go anywhere, make sure you're going somewhere that is taking all the necessary precautions, but still be as cautious as you were about that before. Okay. Um and and just, you know, we're easing ourselves into changing the way that that things are done. Also, another important thing, by the way, is to understand what fully vaccinated means. I don't think we should mm-hmm. go too far without defining that. Um, fully vaccinated means that you are you have for two full weeks gotten your last dose of a vaccine regimen. That's that means right. if you're doing the two, two weeks dose after regimen, your second dose, yeah. yeah, two weeks after your second dose or two weeks after your single dose for your like Johnson the Johnson and Johnson, Johnson one. Mm-hmm. Is that a, Oh, okay. I was going to ask what the differences yeah. were in that. I guess that's it. So, yeah. um, so, so when they ask you have, how long you've been vaccinated before you go to Mars, you say two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And two then they say, weeks. is this your luggage? And then you say two weeks and then your face splits yeah. apart and you're Arnold in there. That's how that works. And that's out. how you know that they've been vaccinated. Yeah. That's the sign. <laughs> Just go right. And then, yeah. um, everyone's <laughs> Michael that- Ironside's pissed at you. I get it. I see yeah. How it works. <laughs> Uh, well, this is good news, I think, overall, that we're just mm-hmm. getting to a place where now we have a tweak to the guidelines. It's like, okay. Yeah. And overall, I mean, what do you make of the the overall relatively nice drop in cases, hospitalizations? That stuff is going down overall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you think lot. that if you go yeah. and like Google COVID-19 cases, COVID-19 cases um, then you're going to see we're definitely seeing a sharp decline and that is presumably because of the vaccines that have been going out and and getting to people. That was my question. Um, is that a direct effect of that and that that building of some some sort of early herd immunity but you know enough of the population getting it or do you think that that's there's probably more factors involved not just that? Uh, certainly there's more factors involved. Some people are saying it's it's definitely has to do with the vaccine, but some people are also saying that it's combined with the fact that we have um, not to get too political, I guess, but it's just the fact that we have better um, messaging from the top now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the CDC is able to get better um, messaging about the guidelines out and stuff like that. But that is very, I'm glad you brought that up because this is the reason why we still have to practice the guidelines the way that they need to be done except in these small cases where all the people involved have been vaccinated is because we're very likely to see another surge probably this month Mm. um because for for many reasons um not the least of which is that a lot of states States are are easing (laughs) their their mandates yeah um but also because the new variants that have been popping up are um are probably going to start taking hold this month mm-hmm. they were predicted to yeah. and the projections are that like that uk variant is about to hit 50 percent of the known cases uh this month which oh, is that's when a lot it, wow yeah exactly and and in europe once it hit 50 percent of cases that's when they saw a new surge hit in europe yeah. so that's why they're predicting that that's going to happen hmm. to here and just as of a, a few days ago or a week or so ago um, they had seen that it was between 30 and 40% of 
COVID cases were this new UK variant in the US. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm all for just positive momentum, regardless of where it's coming from. And, um, and I agree with you on the messaging. Like, I don't even know that it's that political to say when the, when the message is relatively unified, meaning what I'm being told in some press conferences versus what the CDC is putting out digitally mm-hmm. and in print mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. people at the top of that are saying something different than the people in the middle of that or whatever, when that's less, uh, uh, you know, less voices put going in five different directions. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't even know who needs to hear this, but that's just true of everything. Like let's, you know, now, now it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't right. have to, I don't have to wonder or second guess or wait and say, wait, didn't they just say yesterday this when now today they're saying that, well, they're still saying this, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do yeah. that anymore. Uh, at least not right. at that uh, level. And that's, that's been I I have to I have to think that has some macro uh, at least, effect. At least in our states, Scott, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think the it top has. Top down is very different in uh Texas and South Carolina and stuff oh like that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I uh, yeah. uh positive positive movement. I'm excited about the shot. Somebody Light wrote at in the end of the tunnel. Somebody mm-hmm. wrote in and said, "Here's what you should do. You should <laughs> exercise right before you get the shot." Then you get the shot in whatever arm you decide, and then you exercise right after you get your second shot. We're talking about the second shot because that's the one that usually knocks you out. And right. according to this guy, by doing that, by getting his metabolism rolling real hard, top and bottom, it could just be his experience, but he had like no weird symptoms. He just went, he just cruised right through it. So I'm going to actually try that. I'm going to be like... Give it a shot. It can't yeah. hurt, right? Can't exercise. hurt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was told just to exercise the one arm that I'm getting the shot in. So I've got a whole day planned. (laughs) I don't want to know what though. I really don't. I don't want to know what that regimen is. So don't tell me if I could do, if I could do one of the voices from uh, big mouth, I would do it right now. You sure uh, would. Um, Well, all right, Bobby, this is good news. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I just wanted to, we were just talking about how don't change, you know, unless everybody's vaccinated, don't change your behavior. There is one little surprising piece of news about the 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 guidelines that might um, make people feel a little bit better which is um not only can you get together with other fully vaccinated people like if you're fully vaccinated everyone in your house is fully vaccinated and the other people you're getting together with are fully vaccinated but they have said that in a gathering you can mix in this it's a funny way to think about it it's like math or blocks or something like that you can mix in one unvaccinated household into your into the group so okay. um, all right like that's a weird it's a weird way of just thinking one. About it. it's, just it's one. a little yeah. weird <laughs> just one um but it makes a kind of sense if you think if you really think about it yeah. you know yeah right um and it's because what are they gonna do give it to themselves yeah, yeah. right exactly <laughs> they, if they've got it they've already got it and they're not going to give it to you <laughs> right um, exactly yes. yeah so car, uh, car my daughter lives here and uh so so my first thing while we were talking about all this is you know, we're, we're saying, oh, wouldn't Vegas be great or wouldn't this be great? And we should just go up yeah. to Wyoming or mm-hmm. we're talking about all this just sort of like, you know, we can actually do a few things. And then I look over at quarter my Carter who's sitting there just looking at me like, yeah, I'm still here. I don't they're not giving me one. I'm 23. I'm not on anyone's list to get it. Early. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So you <laughs> so, go to Vegas. Woo. We're having a great time. Yep. Oh, yeah. We're 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 not going to get it uh, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We come back home and Carter, don't come out of your room for two weeks. We'll see you right, then. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. But it's looking good, though. Everybody's saying that, um, I mean, the current administration is saying that they're really thinking by May 
every it should be opened up to or by April, I think that it should be opened up to everyone and that by May or June, if anybody who wants to get the vaccine should be able to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's. And it's, and they're saying what 70%, I think we talked about this last week or week before, but 70% is their kind of herd immunity target. It's like the, what do you call that? Yeah. The threshold. Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's starting to shake. Early predictions were that it was about two thirds. So it's looking mm-hmm. about the same. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so that's good. And then cool. those, you know, the, the, however many people are like, I ain't taking no vaccine. That's got chips in it. Don't attract me. <laughs> Whoever those yeah. are. Ah, just do your be thing. a pupit of the leftists. That's right. You'll be a pupit of the leftists and you can just be <laughs> over there in the corner being a pupit. All right. Good. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, that's awesome. So you're sitting here thinking to yourselves, man, I, Bobby's got cool stuff to say about science. Well, he, he does. And he has a podcast about it. Bobby, why don't you tell people about it and where they can get it? The podcast is called All Around Science. And we haven't talked much about COVID lately, but this episode that's going to be coming out on Monday, we're, um, we're talking about some, we're talking about the COVID variants, some research that's come out about those. Also a weird effect that we've seen with traffic fatalities during the pandemic weird um yeah so you should listen to that i do think people drive bad right now and it's not they do i swear it's not just me it can't be right like i'm noticing it. it's weird you've noticed it too brian because it's bad right now there yeah you go out on the road and there are people who are driving like the roads are still as empty as they were in uh (laughs) in september of last year yeah it's weird i don't like it like 9500 miles an hour we had to do a curbside pickup at office max not for tacos haha everybody uh we had to get some printing stuff done (laughs) and so to go grab all these prints you do roadside they're very nice about it and uh four times on the way there we had near fender benders and at least twice Mm -hmm. on the way home and it's not but Mm -hmm. four minutes from the house it's like come on what is going on with everybody it's so stupid covid brain covid brain Mm -hmm. sucks all right uh go check that out bobby frankenberger always good to see you and uh we wish you nothing but a speedy uh access to your own shot soon thanks bye now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks you, Bobby. <laughs> like how he said thanks that was pretty great all right uh what time we got oh we got time this finally great. getting old has its perks for sure but does it have this in the news is sponsored by you'll find quality in our corner all right <laughs> time for the news brought to you by wow. Uh, brought to you by coverville today we're looking back you know usually we look back at what was on the music charts uh, on this day uh, in, in milestone years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever. But sometimes that doesn't take into account bands that never made it onto the Billboard charts. So we're going all the way back to 1971 to look at bands that formed that year. Uh, bands like Big Star, the Charlie Daniels Band, the Eagles, uh, the Motels, Roxy Music, Steely Dan, Split Ends. These are all bands that formed in 1971, some of which had chart success, some of which didn't. So we're going to look at who, what bands were born uh, in 1971, 50 years ago. That'll be today, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, twitch.tv, or I think coverville.tv still works, coverville.tv. Oh, very nice. I forgot you had that. You do have that. I forgot I had that too, but I think that's still... I also have a frog... That's what I do with frogpants.tv, just forwards, but... uh, It's... that's Yeah, exactly. I should check it it once in a while, right? You should always check that. Mm -hmm. I'm checking it right now, and yes, indeed, it redirects to twitch.tv slash coverville. Oh, good deal. Coverville.tv, boom, gets you right where you need to go. Nice. 
All right, we're going to start off with a Panda Express story. That's my least favorite place to eat. I really don't like Panda Express. but uh, Really? Yeah. Well, I kind of like the Panda. We used to have one really close here that's now uh, illegal a burger, but... Um, <laughs> I was going to say because it's now illegal to go there, but yeah. It's now illegal to go there. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, here it's actually pretty good, or at least the one by us was pretty good. I mean, we might just have a crappy franchise set up here you or totally something. Because they're yeah. just... Blah. Every time I eat there, I feel gross. But anyway... Panda Express was sued now. They got oh, no. sued. By yeah. pandas. By pandas. They're just sick of that. They're like, quit using our likeness. We're pandas, damn it. Um, <laughs> now, it's a former employee, not a panda, uh, for sexual battery and harassment after horrific mandatory self-improvement seminar they had to go to. Oh, my God. Yep. Okay. Yeah. This is this sounds like a horrible seminar. Yeah, sounds rough. Panda Restaurant Incorporated, or Group Incorporated, the operator of the national chain of Panda Express restaurants, <clears throat> excuse me <coughs> it was sued by Jennifer Spargenfor for Spargenfor for sexual battery sexual harassment wrongful termination and intentional infliction of emotional distress according to the lawsuit filed in the Los Angeles uh, employment trial officers eh, who cares about that followed uh, or sorry followers who required attendance to a quote self-improvement quote unquote seminar um, operated jointly with a live seminars and coaching academy to which Mrs. Spurgerberger before and other Panda Express employees were funneled as a prerequisite for their further promotion within Panda Express. So it was like gotcha. one of those things. So you you want to go to this. If you want to progress in this business, if you want to get far in yeah. the Panda Express yeah. flow chart or uh, org chart, you got to attend this thing. So here's the bummer. The lawsuit alleges that the four-day live seminars course sponsored and endorsed by Panda Express was a prerequisite to promotion, blah, blah, blah. They're told that, okay, it's supposed to be self-improvement, team building. Uh, but she says it was full of an atmosphere of fear, intimidation, and they had to engage in cult-like rituals. Oh, no. Okay. They were disguised as self-improvement and team building, including coerced skin-to-skin contact while the seminar participants were nearly naked. What? According, yeah. <laughs> I know. So I got this story. This is perfect for us. Not just because yeah. they're naked, but you know what I mean. Um, let's see here. Uh, the, according to the lawsuit, the attendees were prohibited from using their cell phones. There was no clock in the room, and the doors and the windows were all covered with black cloth. Just Coming soon to a Netflix uh, six-part series near you. Yeah, the Panda Express cult. Yep, cult uh, seminar. Grunge in the chat is right. It sounds just like Nexium, which I I watched that Vow documentary on HBO. Yeah, woof, yeah. woof. Really, that stuff, dude. Yeah. It's you should. Watch Why were that people doc. nearly naked though? Because it's all weird. The stuff they do like right what here. i want more details as far as like how do they tell these people okay uh welcome to day one of the panda express seminar uh you'll find a little bowl of orange chicken uh, mm-hmm. in front of you go ahead and yep. enjoy some of that by the way uh please take off uh strip down to your skivvies and pay no attention to the fact that we've covered the windows and doors with black cloth yeah and there's no clocks in here and your phones have been confiscated yeah <laughs> right. Uh, it says here, the atmosphere resembled less of self-improvement seminar and a site for off-the-books interrogation of terrorist suspects. Uh, the sensory isolation and intimidation was reinforced by constant yelling and verbal abuse by seminar staff. Uh, it said it created an atmosphere of fear in the room and the Panda Express adopted, ratified, and endorsed the offending con- conduct uh, and authorized it as being its own policy, she says in the lawsuit. Uh, wow. She was forced to leave the company after refusing to attend the seminars after, uh, or sorry, rather than continue paying such a price for the promotion. In other words, she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to work. I don't yeah, care about okay. promotion. I'm just not going to do it. 
What did she? Is she just still keep her job at Panda Express? I'm guessing not. No, she's I mean, out. I mean, uh, she's gone. Yeah, she, she was forced out. Like, I, so. don't think, I don't think it's a matter of I don't want to be promoted. I think it's a matter of uh, I don't want to even be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to be here. Freaking this sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, so I'll go, re- go. I'll go work at Kokoro if I need the. Uh... <laughs> this stuff is really like there is a there is a part of the self improvement slash group activity world out there. Yeah, that is yeah. dark and weird. Like, I'm not saying that the actual company or these things are meant to be cult-like, but they end up sort of being that way. They end up being these power exchanges that are just freaking effed up. So if I were Panda Express, I would pay that girl off and get the hell out of that business and stop yeah, doing that. Exactly. You just need to exactly. shovel up the orange chicken. That's it's all you got to do. Right. Right. What do you need and this just for? What? A promotion? Excellent. Now you know. Now you've learned how to teach somebody to shovel up the orange chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Here and you if- go. Here's here's the details on when somebody requests a half and half, you give them half chow mein noodles <laughs> and half fried rice. Yep. Congratulations, you've been promoted. Exactly. Seminar over. Uh, we, I guess we don't need to hang you upside down naked by your ankles and blast Nickelback at you. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. So, so yeah, I, I think I'll this take sucks. the Guantanamo, ch- or Guantanamo chicken, please. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Guantanamo chicken. What, what does that chicken look like? Hold on. Does it wear a little jumpsuit and is... It's secret. <laughs> That's right. It's it's orange jumpsuit chicken. Is yeah, what it is. orange jumpsuit chicken. It's in a cage, probably. Uh, it's off the books, so you don't really know what's in it. Uh, uh, you need to see the Mauritanian uh, when it becomes available for streaming. It's so good. Mauritanian. It, it, that the Mauritanian. It talks about a guy from uh, uh, from Mauritania <laughs> who was put into. Um, Guantanamo Bay because uh, they it's based on a true story. This is a uh, Jodie Foster directed uh, deal. Oh, and, interesting. Um, he's put into Guantanamo Bay because he's suspected of having something to do with 9-11 without any any real evidence. There was a lot of that. Very low threshold for uh, arrest yeah. and retainment yeah. of people, which is pretty sucky. It's a bad part of our history, oh, I think. So, so such a such a powerful and intense movie. It was really good, though. It was a but not documentary. It was like a drama. No, deal. it was a drama. Yeah, I would watch that. Um, and this is and this is new. Is it new? Brand new. Oh, um, all right. I'm in. Uh, they're looking at it won the best drama award. No, uh, the. Francis McDormand pooping in a bucket won the best drama award at the Golden Globes. Um, this was, I think, best director or something for Jodie Foster. Uh, see, I remember Killian Murphy's wiener, but you seem to be fixated. <laughs> you know, once you watch Francis McDormand poop in a bucket, right? Uh, that's that's the part of the movie you're never going to forget. I almost started that the other night, and then I thought, oh, I don't have like two and a half hours to burn. I got to go to sleep. Yeah, then you decide to watch uh, twenty weeks later. Great, no, that's great short. alternative. That's only an hour and a half, so it was a t- it was a time thing for me. <laughs> but it wasn't a good alternative because it hyped me up, and then I was all like yeah, stressed the exactly. rest of the night. But I'll bet if you if you're kind of tired and you watch um, Nomadland, you'll fall asleep. It's it's a it's a very slow paced movie, very slice of life. Even though it's it's fictional, it feels a lot of it feel, uh, features a lot of people who are really living that life as um uh, secondary cast members and um but it's slower pace so that'll help you sleep if you're having a hard time sleeping are there any uh like like uh, the old timey hobo types in that movie like on trains and stuff kind of but not not on trains but now in 
deluxe Winnebago's. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> their their stick with a bandana tied around the end is now a, a double wide with a uh, <laughs> gotcha. Okay. A pull along behind it. Yeah, I do want to see it. I like that Frances McDormand. Don't you know? She's great. She's great. Uh, all right, here's a here's a fun one. If you were this lucky person, I think we mentioned it yesterday, but uh, yard sale bowl, a bowl at a yard sale. Uh-huh. Uh, revealed to be a rare Chinese artifact worth up to $500,000 US. Wow. Yeah. Imagine having this in your yard. Did you take so. it to Antiques Roadshow? Please tell me you took it to Antiques Roadshow. You didn't. In fact, here's what happened. A, a small porcelain bowl sold at the garage sale for 35 bucks. That was their asking price. Mm-hmm. That's actually surprising that anything sells for 35 bucks at a garage yeah, sale. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot. Someone will try to talk you down. Will you take 10 for it? Um. <laughs> Anyway, it turned out to be this rare 15th century Chinese artifact worth up to half a million dollars. Uh, An unidentified Connecticut man. Connecticut, I know how to say it. I'm just playing. Connecticut. Uh, Bought the bowl from a yard sale near New Haven last year and later emailed photos to Sotheby's asking for an evaluation. That's basically like that show that you were talking Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. According to the Associated Press, appraisers determined its dates back to the Ming Dynasty, so literally a Ming vase. It's the old stereotype of a Ming thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, early 1400s, estimated worth about 500 grand. Uh, the bowl, which they said was exceptional and rare, will be available to the highest bidder as part of the firm's important Chinese art auction. Important Chinese art auction. That's hilarious. So I think we're finding another another word that you pronounce differently than I do. Oh, what is it? Because it sounds like you're saying a bull. A bull. A bull. A bull. A bull. Yeah. A bull. Oh, what would you say? A bowl? A bowl? Bull. A bowl. A bowl. But it sounds like you were saying a bull. A bowl. Put that in the bowl. Uh, you put some cereal. In, put somebody, that in the bowl. Let's see. Somebody put milk in the bowl. How did that? How did that come out? Still, yeah, a little closer to bowl. Yeah, I feel like I, you're right. I feel like I say it a little bit off. Yeah, or, or different. Am I the only one? Did anybody else hear that, or is it just me? A bowl. <laughs> a bowl. <laughs> so, like B U L L bowl was over bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some people are saying they hear it. Zoe says sounds the same to me. All right, never mind. Maybe all I'm, right. Well, yeah. to Zoe, all our American crap probably sounds terrible, right? <laughs> That's true. Because we're just exactly. we don't do the King's English anymore. Uh, anyway, so that guy's rich. Well done. Yeah, nice, nice find. I mean, he had to have known. He had to have known what he was buying when he bought it. If he went home and emailed photos to Sotheby's immediately, right? Like, oh yeah, you'd think so, right? I would yeah, think so. Exactly. Um, you find some sort of little inscription on the bottom saying designed by Ming back in <laughs> signed <1903." Ming. laughs> yeah. I love the idea to have a little Ming signature on the side of it. That'd be yep. great. That's how you <laughs> Proudly know. crafted by Ming. <laughs> Ming did it. Um, all right. Finally, here in the news, we want to salute Major Dick Bong <laughs> for obvious reasons. Uh, Names can be tough in the military, especially since the uh, it's the only organization where your last name suddenly becomes your first, right? So you're like mm-hmm. right. Lieutenant Ibbett, Brian, or however they do it. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So unconventional spelling of your last name. Be prepared for some uh, staff non-commissioned officer who thinks he's so funny with a half-assed wisecrack about your parents probably never never graduated. Why does that say it that way? Well, why is this all in here? Anyway? Yeah, why is this even in here? Okay, yeah. there's this guy. His name is Major uh, Richard, also known as Dick Bong. Richard Bong. He is now known as Mister Mister Dick Bong. 
And I just wanted to salute this guy. I just wanted to say, hey, your name's Dick Bond. Good job. Well, thank you. Thanks for your service. But again, this feels like uh, (laughs) there are people with funny names all over the damn place. Why does this guy get an article? I don't know. (laughs) Well, the site is task and purpose. We salute you, Wendy's employee, uh, Hugh Janus. Hugh Uh, Janus. Thank you for filling my Frosty with chocolate uh, deliciousness, Hugh Janus. I think Hugh Janus might be my favorite of those. I'm glad you you brought that up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Here it is. Uh, Dick Bong, home of the Airborne Special Operations Forces. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that, uh, when was this? Listen, hey, ba- uh, thanks again for, I mean, he he deserves an article for his service, not because his name is Dick Bong. <laughs> this website does actual tributes to military personnel, and they've decided to have a, just a little jokey post because the guy's name is Dick Bong. Really? Yeah. So the rest of the articles on this site are like... yeah task and purpose it's like this like serious like uh um military ish you know news and things yeah china's yeah. giving the, the u.s navy a deal on trading plane things the afghanistan withdrawal agreement may not as be as firm as we thought like this kind of stuff and then they have these like tributes and they have this guy like i don't know they're just like sitting around going you know what we need we need to make fun of dick bong get in here. <laughs> he isn't even like uh, like like a recent yeah uh yeah, he was born in 1920, in... served in 1941 in the Army Air Corps. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> okay. It's really weird. <laughs> Somebody, they just hired a 14-year-old to work at uh, taskandpurpose.com. <laughs> he can do my first article. Hey, you guys, check it out. You're fired. Okay. Anyway. Bed bugs have infested an attack submarine. Here's what the Navy is doing about it. Oh. Gary Busey and Drag, and they're going to have him parade around until all the bed bugs are gone. Well, we know it works, so get him in there. That's true. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will join us, and we will help somebody with a problem. We got an email this week, so we're going to check that out. Sweet. And after that, a mashup and a cool bonus thing in our post-show. We'll tell you all about that later, but uh, some of you are going to want to stick around in the chat room, and some of you may not because you don't want to be spoiled. We'll let you know why. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's all coming up after this song. Brian, what is it? Uh, well, for today's in- Indian in the Middle, we're either going to go to Australia, France, or Spain. Ah, what the heck? Let's go to all three. This is a band that is taking advantage of uh, modern technology to play together. They are musicians who live in Australia, France, and Spain. Um, uh, Four-piece, Fred, Chris, Frank, and uh, Higinio oh, whoa. on drums okay. and vocals. All right. Yes, and he might be Spain. I don't know. It might be. It may not be. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, they've all gotten together and performed as the band Nova Waves. And for a band that that doesn't perform in the same place, they sound amazing. They're they're doing such a great job of uh, uh, of putting this stuff together. Really good stuff. Um, the album is called Going the Distance. Here is the song The Shining. <laughs> to get it right before 
place through the maze of this big cold world I would never change my place for nothing I had before It's time to talk about Blue Chew. Yeah, that's right. This episode's sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Tablets combat all forms of ED. It can help men gain extra confidence when it comes time to perform. Well, yeah. Blue Chew is an online prescription service. With no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Uh, the process is super simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, B-L-U-E, like the color, bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluechew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength of your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are completely chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it comes time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And they've got a special deal for you as TMS listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code TMS at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code TMS to receive your first month for free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the show. Now, instead of a cuckoo clock, see, this is a poo-poo clock. And what we did see is we took them turds and we crammed them in between the number there. So that's 132, 33, 30. Amazing. A booby trap that actually catches boobies. No ticky, no washy. This is the morning stream. All right, we're back, everybody. We're back. We're back. Welcome back. One thirty-two, uh, thirty, tree, thirty. By the way, that was the shining by the band uh, Waves from the brand new album "Going the Distance." She's going the distance. It's funny. Nova Waves, so Nova Waves is the band, but in their, their ID3 tag only says Waves. Oh, weird. Nova Waves. Nova Waves. I gotcha. All right, yeah. check this out, everybody. Yeah. This is a true thing I'm about to play right here. Uh, where to go? Here it is. That's right. After, a, uh, I think, a three-week hiatus because of various things. We were gone yeah. once uh, Thursday, yeah. and then Wendy had what? stuff last week. And Yeah, it's been weird. Has it been three weeks since we've seen you? <laughs> 
Honestly, it feels like five minutes. I know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't like well, it. Well, you, you weren't able to join us last week because you had a thing. Right. And I think the previous Thursday, we didn't do a show for some reason. We yeah, I was gone for something. I don't remember what I had. Did I get... Oh, I had a doctor's appointment and I got all screwed right. up that day. Pushed right. the whole day out. Yeah, that's what it was. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, they ended up giving me some, uh, by the way, they got me on some medication that he, that this my doctor wants me on for 30 days. And it's uh, just a kind of a general um, heart healthy freaking thing she's trying to do. I won't, I won't HIPAA violate myself here with what it is. But anyway, <laughs> she, wanted, she put me on it and she says, now, so you know, like 5% or less of people on this medication get like a really weird raspy dry cough from it. It's not dangerous or bad. It's just, it just comes out of nowhere, is connected to no cold or allergies or anything. You just have a cough, a dry cough, and it sucks. And it'll be there for the 30 days if you have it. But I don't think so because, again, less than 5%, she says. It's you. Totally, I'm in the 5%, gosh dang it. You're in COVID, so you just seem like a sick... Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, that's funny. right. And I've got my appointment on the 19th for my first jab. I'm going to go in there and be like suppressing a cough while I do it. So that they, I'm going to have to fart to cover my cough. So it's going to have to happen. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, how's it going in Minnesota? You guys, you guys getting signed up or what's your plan there? What are you doing there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, slowly but surely, I'm at the bottom. So oh, it will healthy. not be. You're too healthy. Yeah. You're too healthy or too young, I guess. You're six years younger than I'm me. I'm too so. young, too healthy, and too middle of the road. And I work from home easily, which is what I would do anyway. So yeah. I'm not in a good spot. Well, they're doing, but they're really fine. Everyone get yours. I'm happy to yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. but she'll, I, she'll wait, but day, uh, they really the ramped up speed here in, in Utah and we don't know why we don't know what happened, but something happened and now everybody's getting them. So looks yeah. like we're, everybody will be done, not done, but like by April, they're expecting everyone to get it, <laughs> like just to mm-hmm. have it. So I don't know. Crazy. Uh, probably would have had it sooner given other circumstances, but uh, nonetheless, happy to be getting it and getting towards some sort of positivity. Speaking of which. Often when Wendy's here, we talk about topics that are positive. Sometimes, you know, they're things people are struggling with. We asked for more emails. We got one, and I'm going to read this thing. It's kind of a beast. It's a big one, all right? So everyone it is, just it is. Yeah. sit back and enjoy. We're going to call this person David, not his real name. He says, hi, Scott, Brian, and Wendy. I noticed that there are, are no Therapy Thursday episodes in the last two weeks. See, been three weeks. Yeah. Um, I didn't pay attention. To, uh, sorry, I didn't pay attention to the reason, but thought maybe you needed some questions. I don't know if any of this is of interest to the show or not, but how do I reconcile the logic part of my brain to my emotional part of my brain? This has been something that I have not been able to manage for about five years now. I quote, know in my head, unquote, that things aren't bad for me, but it doesn't feel like they are. Uh, it's hard to explain, but the gist of it is this. My brain knows better, but my emotions are the 80 pound gorilla in the room that the brain can't do anything about, but try and stay out of its way. Boy, do I relate to this. In a nutshell, uh, what has led me to this place, I don't know my value, my worth, or my salt. I'm not sure what your salt is, but we'll get to that. Uh, I think I'm good. Uh, sorry, I think I am good and do a good job, but I don't know it, and I don't see it manifested. For example, I took classes at the junior college to try and get an associate's degree in programming, but programming, too, crushed me to dust. Uh, the class programming, too. I think I am smart, but I doubt it due to my grade. If I was smart, I wouldn't have failed. I just re- It just reinforces the idea and the thought that I am dumb, and there was a reason I flunked out twice in college, and nine years it took nine years to graduate. So let's forget about uh, sorry. So let's forget about am I smart or dumb, uh, and look at my children. 
One of them is on his own. One is in college and one is in high school. I have a shared custody for a, uh, or had shared custody for a while. Um, only had my high schooler on days due, or sorry, on days off due to work, me working a second shift and getting off work sometime between 1130 and 2 a.m. Um, I don't know what value I bring to his, uh, to my kids. It was this point there. I can't support to help them financially. I barely cover my own expenses. I know there is more to being a parent than money for your children, but when the ex can get help with a big ticket thing and I can't seem to, my options then turn, uh, sorry, I can't, and I can't, then I am, then I'm not an option they turn to. There we go. Boy, that was a hard one to get out and I don't know why. Uh, I'm not much help for their schoolwork and their history. They, uh, they are all STEM students. I don't know what that is. Wendy, what is that? What's a STEM student? Science, technology, uh, it's the... the um, Electronic murder bot. I don't know. No, no, it's uh, science, technology... Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. I'm like, I just said it, Brian. Oh, you were... Oh. <laughs> My bad. Science, te- science, technology, engineering, and math. Oh, okay, okay. All right. But well, isn't that when everybody... A STEEM school, a STEEM is S-T-E-A-M, and that adds art. Oh, they should that do that. They should vital. have it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what not that all schools, though? Because we're always doing... Everyone does science... No, there's specific sort of ways to get that designation because you have to provide certain emphasis on those stuff. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh All right. That makes sense. Anyway, I don't know what I offer. Being a fun parent doesn't feel right with me. My dad did very well for himself and his family and all my siblings have successful careers. I am not. It doesn't mean that I can't be successful, but when you're over 50, there are only so many years left. Um, I know I should uh, should not judge myself by their successes, but it's hard not seeing myself as a failure. My parents say they are proud of who I am, uh, who I didn't keep, or sorry, who am I, sorry, who I am didn't keep me from having to live in a roach-infested apartment where my kids had to sleep every other week. I know it's about how you write your story in your head, but my problem is I don't believe the positive story. I don't see the proof of it. I know it's there, but the 800-pound gorilla of emotion is kicking reason's ass all over the mat. Uh, with help, I am not dwelling on these negative uh, spaces all the time, but I think it's just me avoiding it so I don't have to go down that negative road. I've been told I have ADD. I would like to... I wonder who told them that. We should find that out. I would like to believe uh, it's true, but so far with medica- medication, I have felt no change. So instead of ADD, maybe I'm just a lazy slacker who can't hold together because I am weak. Um, I just don't know how to make the leap of faith when I see the end results are saying otherwise. I hope this hasn't been too rambling and makes sense. Uh, it did all right until Scott screwed up reading it. Um, <laughs> if I, uh, if it doesn't make a topic, that's okay. Thanks for taking the time to read this so far. Sincerely, a lurker in the chat room. We'll call him Dave. Okay. So I relate to a lot of this feeling, this sense of uh, everyone's telling this feeling of like everyone tells you a story that, oh, you did great. You did good. Um, even small stuff like, uh, the, the Q and a I hosted a couple of weeks ago afterwards, everyone, Oh, good job, Scott. Well done. Nice work. You did it. You did it. But in my head, I'm going, yeah, you're just all like my parents. When I drew something cool in school, you're going to tell me it's great, but that's because you're my parents or you're my friends or my whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really do good. You just are all saying I did. I do this yeah. all the time, all the time. So I totally feel where he's coming from. Obviously this is compounded by custody issues, kids issues, ex-wife issues, you know, all of that is the success of siblings, that sort of thing. So it's a little more complicated, probably a lot more complicated, but where do you want to start with this one and where do you want to go? 
You're muted. You're muted again. No. (laughs) No, you were pausing. Are you saying that we as human beings should pause more and just take a second and not? Are you guys uncomfortable with silence? Yes. I am. All the time. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. My number one. Why do you think I have talk all day? (laughs) Hey, this isn't about us, Wendy. Sorry. Sorry to make it about you guys. Uh, Really quick. What do you think it means about someone when they are uncomfortable with silence? (laughs) Um, I think it means that they have a radio show or a podcast <laughs> where they need to keep things moving. That's what I, that's what I think. Yeah. It's hard to say. Hey, I learned a Midwestern phrase. It's keep her moving. So just say that. Keep her moving. <laughs> keep her moving. Get her better. Oh, get oh, keep her moving. Yeah, yeah. Get at it. Okay. Uh, hey there. Uh, I'm working on my accent. It's getting, it's getting good. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's start with this, that all of these things compounding in somebody's life would lead to some questions about your value and then ultimately like your feeling of confidence. Right. So he, he gives a couple of examples of like, he failed a class that is going to, you know, that's like a direct one-to-one of like, Oh, I couldn't do this thing I was supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But he did bring up something and I want to, we have lots of angles here, but one I want to start with here is this um, idea of school and smart and failure and all sorts of things there, right? So, so Scott, for example, you have, you felt good. No, you didn't feel good necessarily about your, the job you did. You were responding to people's feedback. Right. Correct? Right. Cause I, I, I <laughs> while I was in it, this was true of the stage one in 2018. It was true. It's almost true of anything like an entire nerdtacular will go by without a hitch. It'll be perfect. Let's we'll even point. I'll point at one specifically. 2015's nerdtacular, the pinnacle of the event. It was amazing. We had such a great time. Great guests, amazing people. You were there. Just an just a really great event. And as and I only weighed 210 pounds, which I really enjoyed that back then. Um, so it's just a really tight event. And at the end of it, Kim will tell you this in the car ride home because now suddenly it's down to. Me and her and Nick and Carter in the back seat. So we're just we're we went from this big giant group to down to just the tiny little family unit, right? That something about that change makes me all wistful and think of thinking about stuff like this. And I turned to Kim and I said, Do you think that went okay? Do you think that was all right? She goes, Was what all right? I go, you know, the whole thing, like all of it, did all did was it all right? Did everyone have fun? Did it, did everyone have a good time? She's like, I hate when you do this. Like, I know, I can't help it. I need to know. Was it any good? And she goes, Of course it was good. It was amazing. Everyone had a great time. Ah, but are you sure? I do this all the time. And I do it less now than I used to. Uh, I try to anyway, because I recognize it in myself and it's I don't think it gets me anywhere. But I don't know why I need that reinforcement. I don't know why I need that that feeling of confirmation that it went well because i do have I my own eyes and i'm pretty good at seeing if it went okay i think mm-hmm. i don't know well, i would assume it's a vulnerability right like in the middle of it you're on you're on adrenaline and getting it done right mm-hmm. and when it gets quiet and there's time to ref- actual time to reflect there's a vulnerability there of like was that good did i you know i don't think there's anything too weird about that Mm. Uh, it also sort of just shows that maybe you have some humility <laughs> of like, you know, I guess at, like the opposite arrogance would just be like, I nailed it. I'm amazing. <laughs> I killed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and not to say you can't feel some of that at all, but like to, to never wonder if people had a good time, 
I mean, that's some weird levels of confidence that I don't know sound not great in some ways, right? So, so I just think it's a spectrum, maybe a little bit. Never thought of it that way before. That's a weird. uh, That's funny. All this time later, I never thought of it as it would be. It's better than than if I would have walked out of there going bingo. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. See you next year. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. No, Nobody wants you to be that guy. Definitely Please not. don't. Yeah. But there is, there's an extreme in any direction that is not good, right? The middles are maybe a little better. But there should be some some self-doubt or some, you know, and a lot of people mm-hmm. hearing this might go, oh, yeah, yeah. I have this with imposter syndrome where I am getting the accolades. People are telling me I'm a, doing a good job, but I don't believe them. Yeah. That's also... A, a, it, on the flip side, it's the same thing of just feeling some vulnerability of if they really knew me, if they really knew all about me, they would know that I'm actually not capable of this, even though clearly they are capable. So this gets down to this question of, and we'll get back to the emailer, of course, but you know, what happened to all of us? <laughs> like, what was the thing that happened while we were being raised? And so what's interesting generationally is to sort of pay attention to uh, I guess bigger strokes, the the broader strokes of how people took the parenting style of the era they were raised in. But this guy's got kids in his tw- in their twenties, right? So he's got to be forties, fifties. Yeah, it's, it's um, not like you said fifty or over fifty. Fi- over fifty. Okay. I think that, that so could be so this idea part. being like, how, what was the parenting take on smart, not smart grades, success? failure like how did how did that work right and then there was i'm gonna make an assumption that it was a that was not the era of um everybody gets a trophy that sort of happened what the i don't know what decade was that that felt like early 90s uh, 90s early 2000s yeah something like that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so not a lot of like uh that type of thing going on and then you get the everyone gets a trophy and then what are the ramifications of that and then you get the sort of a, a higher emphasis, and this is maybe a little more modern um, in recent years of just how does a kid actually feel about things and, you know, checking in with their feelings and make more room for feelings, et cetera. And then every family is individual, right? However, they've treated certain things. Right. So if you think back to, you know, what was the message you got if you did well or didn't do well on a test? So everyone can do this. Think about your own family and think about the community you were raised in. How was it treated when somebody got an A and somebody got a D? You know, what was, what happened? How was it sort of socially significant, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you can start to sort of piece in some puzzle pieces of like, oh, there's where I was born with how I feel about my things. Right. And so you take this guy who his confidence is really shaken. And there's a couple things like not doing well in school, uh, it, you know, failing that particular class. And then the question is, am I dumb or not? That comes from what we would term a, a fixed mindset. And we're going to talk about what growth mindset is, but there's, there's kind of these two mindsets. A fixed mindset is you do good at math. You are smart. You do good at art. You're an artist, right? Like it's, it's very like categorically you're good or bad at something based on this snapshot of you in a moment. And, and if you think about how dangerous that is for children, right? 
So wherever your brain development is and your skill set lies at one moment is now the deciding factor for if you're good or bad. So that sort of moral labeling of good and bad with outcomes on, you know, whatever a teacher wanted you to do is is kind of freaky if you really think about it, right? So Carol Dweck is a researcher and she's written books about this. It's called The Growth Mindset and it the research on it is fantastic. They go in, they teach a group of kids who are failing math and, as seventh graders. And by the end of the year, they're all like kicking butt in math. Right. And the idea is this, that you are where you're at and there's room for growth and that it, there is no shame. I mean, all of that, you take out all the bits and pieces that, that sort of um, make this binary, you're good or bad, you're smart or stupid out and put in you can grow, you can change, you can make mistakes, like just, and she's done it in such a way that, you know, you can apply it into a classroom and completely change the trajectory of how kids feel about math, something they were literally failing to something they now identify as a part of them that they love, which is incredible. And as an educator, that has to be like your ultimate goal, right? I don't think any educator at any point was like, you know what? I want to ruin kids for life Mm -hmm. by labeling them good or bad, but it does have a long-term effect. So this guy has lots of other things. We have a divorce, we have um, financial struggles. You've got co-parenting issues. You've got like not being able to provide financially big things for kids. And you know, some of that, it's, it's like pushing on the same old button of maybe you're not good enough and you're not, you know, and, and that's a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is you have this amount of money to provide for your children. That makes you a good dad, right? So we can make a list real quick. What's a good dad? You guys tell me. A good dad? Yeah. Using this binary fixed mindset. Um, listens, listens, focuses on his kids when he's with them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from a position of a, a dad who doesn't get custody of the kids the full time. Okay. So, so listen, present when they're with him, yeah. when the, the kids are there. So okay. not, all right. Hey, thanks for coming over uh, here. Pop in front of the TV, watch whatever you want. I'm going to be. Thanks for coming over. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming over. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I grew up in a split family. So that was, you know, I never experienced that, but I had friends who did, who basically like, yeah, I get my dad on the weekends and I just basically watch TV at his house. Like I would at, at home. Oh, wow. Right. Um, so a good dad doesn't just let it present. Go. Right. Exactly. Kid watch TV. Okay. Take, take an interest in whatever the kid's interest, uh, interested in, but not just that and supporting it. So if, um, if uh, their kid likes baseball, then, you know, maybe going out to a game or just throwing a ball back and forth or, or whatever. I mean, God, that's so tropey, right? The, the tossing a ball back and forth in the backyard, but still it's, um, it's showing that you're interested in what they're interested in as opposed to, Oh, great. You like TV. Cool. I've got one right here and have fun. <laughs> I've got a television here. I love it. Um, okay. Like Scott, what do you lot. think? What's, um, what's your uh, checklist of I, you're either a good dad or you're not a good dad. So what's the good dad? Side? I would, that's a, Brian's is so good because it covers so much. Like that's such, that's like such a huge percentage. That's why of, I got in first. Yeah. I, it's a good one. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really is so much of what parenting is like 90% yeah. of it, is, it feels like being there and listen, actually listening and not, you know, not being concerned about your own stuff when you need to be helping your kids. But um, I think another one would be, be 
um, um, emotionally penetrable, like not, um, how do I put this? Uh, don't be afraid to like show your kids how you feel. Yeah. Or, you know, how mm-hmm. you feel about them, uh, telling them you love them frequently, uh, showing affection, um, you know, having them know that you're not just this, he leaves at eight and comes home at six, pats me on the head and has dinner and then goes somewhere to read a paper. Like you just don't want to be that guy in their life. So be, yeah, be somebody who's, who can, who doesn't hear you say, you know, how do I put this? Like, don't show, don't try and make the kids think that you're infallible, right? right. Show them that you, right. Yeah. That like, you like fail be as vulnerable, well at things be, and be that you pull yourself them. back up. And, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're vulnerable to you already by default. You can be vulnerable to them a little bit emotionally to show them that you understand mm-hmm. what it feels like for a girl to break up with you, or you understand what it means when you've been bullied and you understand because you were bullied and, and this is how you feel. And you know, like that kind of stuff. I, I realize that's kind of broad though. It's not a great, a great answer to your question, Wendy, but. Neither of you answered my question the right way. You answered my question. <laughs> no, you answered my question, the second question, actually, the right way. But I didn't ask that. I asked, though, what is the fixed mindset form of a good dad? You guys answered the growth mindset. Oh, so good job. You gotcha. jumped right ahead to, to the actual good to dad, which is okay. great. Oh, so, what, so but are you are saying there's no such thing as the first the one then? Star. Is that what you're saying? No, there is. Okay. It's I provide for my children. I take them to Disneyland once a year mm-hmm. because that's what a good dad does. Or I throw a ball with them in the yard, but I am not emotionally connected to them. You know what I'm saying? It's a checklist that is based on, I don't know, who taught dads that these were the things they had to do. Yeah. But some of them run so deeply because of that's exactly how you were raised. That is the expectation of your community or the training you had within your own family. This is what a man does, right? So you've got you've got some of that. Now you guys are new age, sensitive new age guys. So you you you're ahead of your game. Yeah. Um, but but truly, so that sort of that fixed mindset. So to even to take a moment and really identify like where are my where where's the thinking. I have inherited come from mm-hmm. and you may not, you think it's just you. That's what we always think. Well, well, this is me. I, I think this, but you've always been influenced by something, right? So getting a little bit more clear about what that is. And, and this can be with work. This can be with parenting. This can be with lots of things like first getting a, a handle on what was I told made me good or bad. Cause there are people who are killing it in every industry all over the planet who feel like garbage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it is not about what you've accomplished or you're accomplishing. And there's the biggest myth because if you are not accomplishing or you're struggling, I mean, it's just so easy to put yourself in the category of I'm failing. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about this lately as like an interesting twist on the word failure. So when you exercise and you are pushing your muscles to failure, yeah. you're triggering your body's response the evolutionary response to build more muscle tissue and to strengthen your overall metabolism and survival. But it requires failure. (laughs) Like it literally requires failure, Mm -hmm. which I kind of love because we are so scared of what that word means. But it's again, based on our history of how that word has been handed down to us. Right. Right. So let's imagine a culture where you were trained to think of failure as the greatest 
thing you can pull off. That means you've tried everything and you found that sweet spot where you can still either learn to grow or you've hit the end, whatever. Like it's just a different word or a different framing. Mm -hmm. And then you plop that person into our culture. They'd be like, what is going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Be very different. Okay. So, so now switching to your parenting, your ideas were great. And those are more growth mindset parenting in one way, right? Which is your emotional connection with your kid, your support of your kid is really important. They feel you're present. They're, you're, you're um, not only you're present, but you care about them, yeah. that you matter to them, all of those things, that that is an awesome uh, foundation. So now I want you to add on top of it, what, what other growth things are uh, as a parent to do? that they can send the message that this kid shouldn't be baked and finished and have nothing else to accomplish after they've gotten their college degree. Or do you know what I mean? There's, there tends to be, why aren't you a full adult functioning at my mm-hmm. level? Sometimes mm-hmm. when we talk to children and adolescents. Sure. So any, any thoughts on that of parenting with a growth mindset, what that might look like? Oh man. Uh, well, for me, first thing that jumps to my head is uh, people, other people are kind of, okay, this isn't what I'd say, but I'm going to get around to it by trying to explain myself. People are kind of full of crap, okay? And the quicker you realize that other adults who may look on the surface like they got it all going on uh, are, are, are as fallible as anyone else, the better. So that you can just focus on yourself and not worry whatever, what the Joneses are doing at all. Because sometimes the Joneses are really up to some garbage and they just don't. They're just putting on a show. No offense to anyone with the name Jones. There's a here. thick layer of poo uh, uh, underneath everybody's skin every, uh, outside of. Yeah. 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 And you think you've got, you know, you have to compare yourself or measure yourself up to those people. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that old story. Uh, I do this a lot on the show and I apologize. But when, when we were younger, dad had a major financial crash, uh, lost a business. We were forced to move, had to sell boats and motorhomes and all these, you know, luxury items. Wendy would have been, I don't know, you were probably nine, eight, ten, something like that. I don't remember where you were. Um, but anyway, when all that happened or went down, he had uh, what I would describe as a, a, a family friend and a sort of neighbor, sort of spiritual advisor type who sat him down and in that conversation said, um, you know, there must be something in your life that you're not doing right. Like you're, you, you must be, you must be living wrong somehow. You must be, must be fouling up in some way or else this wouldn't be happening to you. And it was somebody he respected and liked. And then suddenly he's being told this and he's just like, well, geez, that's really helpful. Thanks a lot. I, you know, I try, I do my best and he was doing his best. It was a terrible thing to tell him. And it's easy to take a bunch of stock into somebody saying like something like that to you, especially cause that guy seemed like he had it all going on. He had a big house. He had all the money. He had the stuff. His kids all seemed perfect. He had all these things. And then two years later or something like that, that guy uh, had a financial crash of some sort. His business crumbled and it all fell apart. And that dude committed suicide. If we can put a gun in his mouth and fired it. And I remember that really stuck with me and bothered me to like the core. I still think about it sometimes today because why this isn't about me judging that guy like, Oh, now who's the guy, you know, like it's, it's not that feeling. It's this feeling of he told dad that, but then he had it. He, he was way in way worse of a place 
with everything falling apart around him than dad ever was. And Which illustrates perfectly the fixed mindset or the growth, right? Right, right. Fixed is it's the end of the world. Yeah. Right? If all your value in stock is in, I mean, it was formulaic. He was like, you do these things. You have good life. Like yeah. that is not real. No, it's it's not never real. been real. It's just that we all love that crap because we want it to be easier. We want we want to know the secret to the sauce. Like when some someone tells you like, hey, you just do these three things. You're like, cool, I'll do those three things. As long as they're really hard and it and then we can all agree that this is gonna work. You know, like we we kind of want the formula. So that's fixed mindset. Absolutely. And we've been trained to do this for a lot of you know, the way the school system sort of functions, the way culture has sort of gathered around in the, this is good, this is bad. Whereas the fix, the growth mindset is there's sort of the, the phoenix can rise from the ashes at any point, right? Like there's always something, some, and I guess you can call it optimism, but it's just an openness that the formula you were applying may not actually be what is the recipe for happiness, but there is actually growth still available. So imagine we teach kids this much younger. So, so this guy was, I'm assuming not taught the growth mindset because people still aren't teaching the growth mindset um, this many years later, but it's starting and you know, people are trying. Um, And so imagine if you, as a young child, you learn just differently about, what you're capable of, not based on what your failures are, your weaknesses are, et cetera. So the, how this would look in real time right now would be a kid is drawing, making cool things, and someone says to you, oh, you're a good artist. So now I have a good artist that I have to live up to. So when I get to some art I I want to make and it's not looking right and I don't feel good about it and I, you know, suddenly what comes to question is, am I a good artist or not? Mm -hmm. So some rando just told you we're good artists and now it's your self-identification. Now imagine if someone instead came up to that kid and said, wow, you work really hard at your art or you can see that you find joy doing your art. And then the kid's like, yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then now all he has to do is keep finding joy in it. And he's, he's, he he can consider himself a success. So working hard and finding joy, those two things are perpetual roads, right? And we should be careful with the working hard because that also gets really tied up with fixed mindset stuff too, a little bit. You must be lazy. I I know people right now are thinking, I call myself lazy. And that's because maybe there was a hard work fixed mindset that was thrown at you at some point too, right? When really you're just freaking out because you're exhausted, you know? So these like words internally we don't, we weren't born with them. It's, it's kind of been handed to us. And then what happens with our brain? And this goes back to his very core thing in his email. He said, he's got this logical part and an 80 pound gorilla emotional part, right? Yeah. Uh, of his brain. And this is really common is that people will experience these two things as one being stronger than the other and one always winning. So the one that's the louder one or the one that is, and I'm going to, frame this in a very specific way. The least understood part is the one that has the most power. Yeah. The logical part, guess why you understand it? Mm. Because it's logical. (laughs) (laughs) And because it's also been reinforced 
in so many ways. It's the shoulds. It's the, this is how we do it. It's, you know, all that stuff has been planted there for a long time. So it's, it's got, you know, it's pretty sturdy, let's say that. But emotional parts of us, and especially as I'm, a, I'm making guesses here with this guy, but as a young man growing up in America sometime in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, yeah. his emotional uh, palate was not appreciated, right? Yeah. So it kind of maybe got stifled and not really sure what to do with it. But there was don't cries and you shoulds and this is what real men do or whatever. So what ends up happening is that part, our emotional parts, just they are 80 pound gorillas Mm -hmm. because no one's taken the time to work with that emotional part for that person to really understand their own emotions. And again, when we get back to this fixed or growth, it's that the fixed mindset about your emotional parts would be that it shouldn't be there, right? Right. Let's banish that. That's some sign of weakness or badness or rather than what it is. So the growth mindset, which is you're a complex, interesting human being. And thank goodness you have emotional parts. You're not a robot. But maybe this neglect of some of our emotional parts means they get bigger and louder to get our attention. And the more we reject them and the more that we wish they would go away, the bigger and bigger they get, you know? I have a sense with this guy, Scott, you talk about, I have no memory of any of that, of course, but um, is that, you know, dad sort of represented his greatest fear, right? And then he lived his greatest fear and and there was definitely a fixed mindset about that. And I think that can happen to us sometimes where we can sort of look around and, And maybe that's why we look at people who we think have it all together. And that helps us sort of create the gauge to to which we are failing. Yeah. And that sounds weird, like we would want to do that, but it it's what we do, right? Why do we do that? What is the what is what's the evolutionary imperative that makes us do that? It seems so counterproductive to to humans thriving by doing that to ourselves. Why do we do that? I think there. Why can't I just look at it and go, oh, that guy's full of crap. He said a thing that I know isn't true because I already did the thing I did. So I'm moving on. Why can't we do that? To me, the only explanation is evolutionarily, which is to survive. You have to be part of a group that will protect you and give you food and keep you sheltered and keep you safe. And so at, at its core, so much of what we do sort of serves that end. And to me, looking around and gauging what other people are doing is the way to know I'm doing something safe. Yeah. Also, gauging how they think about you is another way to stay safe, right? If yeah. you get rejected, you're now literally left in the cold and you're not going to make it. Yeah. So that conforming. And so our brain has has absolutely been built around surviving in groups. Yeah. This is so we can hate it <laughs> and we can wish we were like this or we get. But again, maybe if we worked with it instead of against it, it, it could be quite amazing. So my advice to this guy is get some get some help with this emotional part where you get to know it. And rather than push it away or wish it away, you are getting acquainted with it because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going away. And the only reason it's maybe so loud is it needs to get your attention. Yeah. And so this thing we like to shelf when we're younger because we're busier or life goes along swimmingly or whatever, um, it always comes back out, right? And so to, to really focus on that. But if anyone is listening to this growth mindset 
fixed mindset thing. There's so much on the internet. There's great books to read. There's stuff, programs in school that they're doing because the younger you can help a kid develop a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. I mean, it's just, it opens the world to them in such different ways that the sort of the average person who's really fighting against this, I must be bad or I'm a failure. I mean, so much energy goes into fighting that. Um, and so you work with them at the beginning and you don't have to create that kind of didactic. You can still say, Ooh, that guy's doing cool stuff and that's cool. I want to do that. So that's evolutionarily, that's probably still going to happen, but I'm the worst and I'm broken. And all of that kind of talk, that's a response to the fixed. I'm either good or bad. I should or shouldn't. I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that kind of binary, binary binary thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so you just solved a problem I've had. Uh, this is so funny because, um, you're welcome. Well, <laughs> it's funny when you hear what it is, it'll maybe make you smile. I don't know, but Carter and I have been working for a while now on a joint project. We're writing a children's book and she's illustrating and I'm writing and we love our premise. We love our characters. We love what we're doing so far, but we ran into this wall of, we, we want this book to matter and be more than just, ooh, Scott can write a thing or, ooh, Carter's art is awesome. We want it to be meaningful, if that makes sense. We want it to be beyond just the surface and actually kind of hit people somehow and not change them, but, you know, make them think differently and in particular have kids think differently. And so I think you just gave me my missing piece, which was we need we need this thing to wrap itself around uh, um this idea of a more moving target of learning and growth and not, or a growth mindset, like as you, as you say, and not a fixed one. It's, it's kind of abstract as to how I'm going to do this, but it it is the missing piece Hmm. because I feel like even in creative output, we get stuck in, it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And that's binary thinking too. It's not emotional binary thinking, but it's procedural. You know what I'm saying? And the things that really blow people's minds or that really knock us on our feet or on our butts when we're impressed by something, oftentimes it's because they didn't adhere to the list and they broke outside of that list. Uh, that thing you had us watch the um, in and of itself sim- yeah, is, a, is a good example of that. The thing stepped completely out of the norm and became something really unique and special on its own. And I think that can be true of paintings, of animation, of, of music, of whatever, by just breaking out of the binary one, two, three and trying it differently. That's what we're trying to do with this book. And I hadn't ever thought of it that way because in my head, I'm still living with these weird rules over my head of, well, here's how a children's book is structured. And these are mm-hmm. the five story steps you always take because you're dealing with five-year-olds. So don't be, blah, blah, blah. but it doesn't have to be that way. And I realize this isn't about me or my book, but uh, that's funny because that I just haven't thought of it that way. So what I'm hearing, Wendy, is uh, royalties. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we're hearing. Is my name going to be in there? Yeah, it'll say special uh, thanks, Wendy. Uh, no royalties. For solving yeah. the final problem. <laughs> yeah, idea. please and thank you. Well, I, I think we. That's awesome. Yeah, I cool. think we've done good work here today, and I hope this this person um, feels better about it. I also really, I also really feel for him in this in this position he's in of like. All right, I'm like, you know, at the halfway point of my life, like literally, you know, we, we always make fun of midlife crisis, but there are some, mm-hmm. there is some crisis to hitting a certain point and going, oh crap, I haven't done all the things I thought I'd do by now, or do I have enough time to do the, all the things I thought I'd do? Or, 
you know, you do have, you hit those points in your life. And thankfully we can, we can hit that point later and later because we live longer and longer now. But you know, it used to be people would do an an entire episode on midlife crisis and change the name, please. We should, let's do it. Let's do it. Midlife opportunity. Midlife opportunity. It needs a better word, but I hate the word crisis. The golden years. Call call the midlife crisis. (laughs) Call the midlife crisis line. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if anyone has something along those lines, they we can at, use as a jumping off point, but I have a soapbox I'd like to get on cool. and talk about. <laughs> okay. We, why not? Uh, since, yeah. so you know what we'll do? Here's a little homework for at home. If anyone has a adjacent question that might fit well with that discussion, uh, send it in and we'll, maybe we'll find a jumping off point and we can actually do that next week. That'd be yeah. cool. Um, all right. Well, this hey, is great. It's not stuff. about age at all because the quarter life crisis is also very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can have crises all, all throughout your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that is the point. Let's normalize mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd love yeah. to talk and about that. And if you were cool. fif- if you were 14 years old in the 1800s, you'd be having your midlife crisis because you'd be dead in 10 or 15 years. So t- be glad where you're at is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Wendy, always great. Uh, good stuff. People check out realsteps.org. In the meantime, if you want to learn about Wendy's cool program of both mental and physical health that she does with her partner, it's awesome. Uh, it makes it sound like you're living with a lady and you guys are partners. That's not what I meant. But anyway, um, my, uh, go, uh, <laughs> my real steps partner. Yeah. <laughs> her realsteps.org partner. It's awesome stuff. And um, I don't know when your new signups are, but uh, soon, right? Yeah. Ish? May is going to be the next month. Okay. And I, there's so many. I know I keep saying this, but each time there's just new things coming up. And this next round is going to have some really, really fun things. And here's the thing about this. And this is something I didn't know that you guys li- have and you never I mean it's not that you don't talk about it but just like the community that has been created I mean I I feel like I it's just like this magic thing that happened and and I know it's just because people are awesome but I did I didn't know that it would happen like that. Anyway, yeah. they are amazing and so supportive and incredible with each other that I I just am in awe. So that's a good reason to join just so you get to know these amazing people and feel like you have a space online where we will rail against diets and we will get you to love yourself. It's amazing. It's just, it's a good, good place to be. That's so great. No, the, the tadpool proves that, uh, the internet is yeah. falsely accused of being nothing but a hive of scum and villainy. There are good people mm-hmm. in here and really uh, good people. We're not the, we're not the hugest group in the world, but we're the, we're some of the best. So even yeah. even with free hotel room, who uh, saw popped his little head out of his uh, oh, did, hole did and saw Bob his pop in today? Is he here today? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. What did he have to say? Did he have a? Is he nice saying we're say? talking too long again? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't yet, surprisingly. But uh, he did uh, when I was talking about my dad and and growing up in a split household. He says that explains a lot, B. <laughs> So, oh, that's for so better for or just, for worse, I don't know. But drop uh, that bomb and leave. Well done, Bob. Yep, well, exactly. We're going to call him bomb, bomb instead of Bob anymore. Right, he just Bob drops Peterson. little bombs. Um, all right. Anyway, well, I look forward to our discussion next week. It's Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, next week here on Therapy Thursday. <laughs> Wendy, have a fantastic week, and we'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye now. Bye. It really did sound like a not not that this would be a problem, but my you know sister's married and has four kids. She's not. She's not living with a partner somewhere. <laughs> just want to make well, that clear. Just so people husbands are partner. They you know, sure I mean, are. that's uh, yeah. Tina's my partner. It, it's, it's a I different kind of calling partner. her my yeah. my opposite sex life partner. Sure. There you go. Uh, all right, that's it for that. Quick mashup, and then uh, we're going to end things. 
Uh, we have a little uh, thing to tell you about here in a second, but let's play this mashup. This is called uh, Like a Lollipop. Oh, boy. <laughs> Great. Great. After all that amazing Therapy Thursday, we lay, we lay this on you, whatever this is. So check it out. Enjoy. My own secret tat stash. Yeah, you keep that tat where you're right. Where can I trade this in for tits? Because I hear you can get tit for tat. <laughs> I got lots of tat. I have a bag full of tat. Yeah, where, where do can I, I cash t- it in for the other thing? Yeah, where do I get the tit? <laughs> Ooh, this is extremely hard. Does Stick it in there and let's just, talking? yeah, we'll just get a taste of it. Put it in there and I'll yeah. watch for it to pop. Yeah, I'm putting it in the other hole or anything like that. I closed my eyes and did it, so take that. Yes. I've never had a Woody. Just a small one. Oh, well, small ones are better than big ones. I feel like I'm not going to quite go that deep. Why not? Why would you not want that? Right. Why would you not want okay, that? Okay, I can't do it with anyone watching me. That's all I know, because it looks so stupid. You have to, all like, look like dingleberries. You have to yeah. plank the couch to really get the full effect. Yeah, you have to lay down horizontally. On this platform thing, it looks like a workout. Pop it into my mouth. Uh huh. About half of them. I can't do that. My brother Matt do it all day. He didn't care. The fact that they're coming and coming and coming and not stopping means you feel pressure of something that you're not able to keep up with. Yes, yes. I feel them coming slowly, mm-hmm. very slowly. If you get more than two inches and it stays, yeah, stuck it in there. Well, done. I put it in with a tapered head. Better penetration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just put my finger down in there and it looked like about two inches. I can't. Run it on the air because I can't situate a camera around, but I'll figure something out. Oh. Yeah, aim for the mouth if you can. Aim for the mouth. Yeah, Show a piece always of aim for the mouth. Just the right <laughs> amount of hole. Yep. I can barely tell like how thick it is. Yeah, it's on. I see it all the time. Just poking its head out, going, "Hey, remember me?" It's taking me so long. I was just sitting there going, oh, "Okay, where is it?" Normally, it's here. It's what's going on? Jam it. Jam it in your hole. Ah, they're in my face. His bush is spot on. <laughs> oh ready. gosh, why am I looking at that? So then I'll eat that thing like a lollipop, like. Some kind of five-year-old. So it's not just like we go and take it all. Yeah, no, I kind of just go at it. it I work while. on it for you know five, ten minutes. But I realized I saw There's my. A- <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of those quotes were taken out of context, though. Every yeah, single and one some of them. of them just because of how quickly they're edited together. By the way, the that's a that's a TWSS. So that's what she said. Mm. Um, some of those quotes are edited so tightly that you don't that you think they're from the same place. They're so close together. Yeah. And uh, it's just the brilliance of Jamie's editing, but also, um, <laughs> or the, or the, the horror of it, the horror of Jamie's editing. Yeah, exactly. The, the horror. The horror. That's what Brian Dunaway pronounces horror is horror. I danced the horror. Uh, I think we've uh, done all we can do now. Here's the deal. Yeah. End of the show. Oh, a reminder, patreon.com slash TMS. That's how you support the show. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to everybody who does. And if you haven't get in there, uh, frogpants.com slash TMS for the website and always uh, send us your emails, including uh, if you got stuff for next week's midlife crisis or whatever we're going to call it, you can send that in to the morning stream at gmail.com. By the way, there's no way on this planet my sister got the reference to crisis on infinite earths. No way. <laughs> no, <laughs> Definitely I could not. almost feel her sitting there. No, going, I heard that. I thought that's really funny. Like, uh, she's never read a comic but book. She might watch, she might watch the CW. You don't know. I guarantee. Cause they had, they did it. have that crossover. No, I don't think she had any. Oh, idea. guess what? I started reading last night. You'd be proud uh, of me. The, the dark Phoenix saga. I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I started okay. reading something else you recommended forever ago, and I just never got around to it. And I'd never read it before, but I started reading the late '90s, uh, uh, the Eternals. Oh wow! Okay. And I'm really digging it. Like, yeah, no wonder that show didn't get, wasn't good. It's hard. That stuff's hard. 
Like, how do you wait, do wait, it? Are you talking about, wait, wait, the Eternals or the Inhumans? I, I'm sorry, Inhumans. I say Eternals. Okay. I meant the Inhumans. Yes, you said Eternals. The I movie's read... coming out later this year. Yeah, it yeah, better yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it better be. Um, but the, yes, the Inhumans. Inhumans yeah. is hard with the big dog and all that. Like, it's hard. Yes, Lockjaw and Crystal. It's and, hard to uh, convert that stuff. But man, is that comic good. I didn't know it was Jay Lee who did all the stuff in that run. Mm-hmm. And I love his mm-hmm. art. And Gosh dang, dude. It's so good. The, so, uh, yeah, I got yeah, bumped. I mean, where the, the show failed is that the very first thing they did to the Inhumans is take away their powers and make them humans. Yeah, and so it's like, so dumb. oh, well, this is dumb. It's yeah. like, great. All right. It's so dumb. But Black Bolt is such an interesting character in the yeah. comic. Just everything it's about the coaster it. coaster, too. I'm really indigging it. I'm indigging it? I'm indigging it. You're and, in, uh, indigging it. I'm indigging it. After that, Dark Phoenix. That's what's happening. All right. There you go. Cool. Um, so uh, that's it. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. After the show today, during the post-show, and this is just a warning to anybody who doesn't want to get any spoilers for America's Next, Next Top Podcaster, we're going to be talking to one of the contestants, and this is for an upcoming episode uh, where they right. get interviewed by us or they talk to us on the show. So I'm just it's just a warning that if you don't want to hear that yet, then don't it listen. It gives you a very good hint as to as to who might still be in the competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out it literally tells yeah. you who's still around, and and maybe right. possibly who isn't. So we're just that's warning right. you now but that that's going to happen after the show today. Okay. If you do stick around, then you'll want to, uh, and you're okay with spoilers, then you'll want to go to tiny.cc slash a n t p guest. Yeah, that's A N T P G U E S T all lowercase, um, and you can rate uh, this person's appearance on the show, and it will uh, have some effect on their score for the next judging yeah. episode. So, and if you all are cool, for those in the chat are willing to hang around, you can like directly mm-hmm. vote like today, like after you've heard this, you can go and leave your your Correct. thoughts. So, but it won't. Uh, but again, once you click that link. There's a drop down. If you look at that drop down, you'll see exactly who's still left in the competition. Yeah, so just know that. Yeah. So there you go. So so be aware. Be yeah. Aware. Get, get just so you're aware. And then we're more careful about this spoiler than most movies and things we talk about. It's so funny. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Because we're directly related to their enjoyment of the uh, the, the content. That's right? true. It's, That's a good point. Um, yeah. So uh, bottom line is, stick around if you want. Don't if you don't. And uh, it'll be up on the feed for patrons. And then the rest of these interviews are all going to happen this Friday's PM edition of the show. Uh, we're going to, that whole show is going to be this. So, uh, correct. Again, we're keeping it kind of patroned off for, yeah. for for a couple of reasons, but mainly it's, it's so that you guys can choose to or not to listen. So, anyway, uh, thank you all for that. And uh, we'll be doing that right after this. Let's get out of here, though. We need music. And, and and this time I'll put it in the right order, everyone at home. Don't worry. I'm looking for a song. Uh, yeah, how about a song for uh, Tom Robinson, who's celebrating his birthday today? Hello, Brian and Scott, Tom says. I was invited to be on an episode of Soundography, which should record shortly about the band Roxy Music. I'm really looking forward to it. And unless I've missed it, I haven't heard Brian play a Roxy Music or Brian Ferry cover story. Uh, or cover. So if you can, I would like to request a cover for my 54th trip around the sun. Happy 54th birthday, Tom Robinson. Yeah. I had beer with Tom um, around, I guess might've been the last Nertacular uh, second. No, it was was, 17. Was it? Yeah. It was like four years ago. So yeah, 2017 Mm. um, because Tristan went with us and um, Tristan tried his new trick, which is uh, when you're underage and they come to see what you want, 
to order for a drink, you say, oh, what do you have on tap? And then as they start telling you, you say, ah, never mind. I'll just do a gin and tonic. <laughs> Did it and work? it's a distraction technique. Did it yes. Work? It worked, worked it perfectly worked. at downtown Disney. <laughs> but then, but then Tristan and Tom and I went uh, to this, um, this rock and roll bar in Anaheim, mm-hmm. right by the, uh, where BlizzCon was. Yeah. And uh, Tristan didn't realize you don't want to do this at a place where they literally have a hundred taps going across the wall. So when, so when she comes over and says, what do you have on, or uh, what would you like to drink? And he says, what do you have on tap? She just t- <laughs> turns and gestures towards the wall. And then you've got to awkwardly say, I ah, never mind. I'll just do a gin and tonic. <laughs> and then she looks at, she looks at the guy who's kind of shaking his head and, and says, can he have a gin and tonic? Nah. Yeah, he can have a gin and tonic. <laughs> You're the guy shaking his head. That's amazing. I love that story. Because he looked up from his his Game Boy or whatever too. I was like, come on, if you're going to try this, at least at least commit yeah. to the bit, yeah. dude. He's in there with his switch or whatever and pretending, you know, still live. We've got one exactly. foot in youth and one foot in adulthood. I guess. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, and then he also says, and Scott, as I've requested yearly, please play a random sound clip from Film Sack, and we both try to guess where it's from. Oh, I love that. I do yeah. remember doing this last time. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. That's awesome. All right. Hold on. I'll, uh, let's do that very thing. Let's, uh, it's a fun thing. I don't think, I don't okay. think I've thought of this since we last did it. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, here we go. You know, there's some things in this world. Well, that's a commercial. Hold on. That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Okay, this is random. That's true. Wow, random. that is random. So it's just somebody's weird laugh. Sounds like a, a woman's date. laugh. Here's a date. Uh, this will help. September sixteenth, twenty sixteen, was oh, when we. Oh, jeez, uh, that uh, that helps me not one <laughs> bit. Let's uh, hear that. Let's hear it again. All right, one more time. Here we go. <laughs> okay. All right, I have a guess. I'm going to guess it's uh, that that's um, Corey Heim. And I'm going to guess it's like Dream a Little Dream or some dumb thing that we watched. One of the Corey Haim movies? Let's see. <laughs> Corey Haim. Um, <laughs> oh, is it Haim or Haim? I actually don't know. Corey Haim, I thought it was. Corey, is Corey it Haim? 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 I don't know, because I'm spoiled now by the band Haim, so I might be thinking. <laughs> oh, I might be thinking of Valheim, the new video game. Maybe I should call it Valheim. <laughs> Valheim. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm going to say I have no guess. I actually think yours is good, so let's find out. It is from... Oh, it's a laugh from the longest yard. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, is that Adam Sandler? No, it's from. Oh, no, we, we didn't, didn't watch that one. Yeah, we saw the Burt Reynolds one. We saw one. the Burt Reynolds one. Let's yeah. hear that again. Let's do it one more time. <laughs> I don't know who that well, was. It's definitely not Burt Reynolds, but. Uh, no, no, no. That would have been more. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Again. That's exactly what it would have been. Uh, oh, the longest yard. All right. Yeah. Never. There you go. Happy 54th for that. That was a fun guesses. little uh, contest we had there. And also, I almost forgot to play this for him, but uh, we have to do it as now is tradition. Happy birthday to you. There you go. Making it perfect for Oof. you. Yeah. It's another clip that just gets longer and longer <laughs> the more we hear it. Uh, all right. This is uh, a band called Cicada. Uh, that did this amazing cover of Roxy Music's Same Old Scene from that great album, Flesh and Blood, my favorite Roxy Music album. I'm going to say that. Spoiler alert for those of you listening to uh, Soundography. It's my favorite Roxy Music album. Nice. Here is uh, Cicada with a very cool, electronic-y, awesome version of Same Old Scene. 
Very nice. We'll see you guys later. Uh, Core is on tonight, by the way. So if uh, you want to watch that, you can. 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, we'll be on with me and Bo and John talking one loop and why that might be the greatest video game of all time, among other things. So come check it out. That's Core tonight at frogpants.tv at 5 p.m. Mountain. That'll do it for us. We'll see you guys on p.m. tomorrow.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I can't pretend to know what we're dealing with here. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.